Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. It's eight minutes after one. Good afternoon. This is Life Happens on SAFM. Welcome to the show. I'm going to be with you until three. My name is Pimelo Motene. There is a story that I want us to focus on before we get to all these other stories, because I think we are at a very interesting time in this country where I get the feeling that it's do or die time. I get the feeling that this is the crossroads. If we don't get our act together now, we are completely doomed. That's that's the sense I'm getting. I'm I'm sensing that there is no more tolerance for corruption. We don't have any more tolerance for just the kind of um, the kind of governance that we've seen at local municipalities and so on. I think we are at now that that point where we will no longer tolerate and and accept the kind of bad leadership that we've seen. So. Kajiso Trust had taken it upon themselves to start doing some work in municipalities. Look, it's it was small, hey, small stuff that they wanted to change. They wanted to see how they can get municipalities to start working again. And they went into Makana municipality and to start helping with things like their finances, their books to try and see that they balance, you know, and we've all heard about how municipalities have just not managed to make sure that their books are properly governed. So let's just talk to um, Kajiso Trust there for a minute, just to talk to them about what is it that they went to do in Makana, it's, it's, it's starting to yield results. And I think for me, this is one of the ways in which all of us can start learning about how do we all become participants in this democracy? How do we become part of the solution? Paul Smith is Gahizo Trust's local government support head, and he joins us now on the line. Paul, thank you so much for talking to us. Good afternoon. Well, good afternoon, and thanks for having me. So talk to me about this project and, and your plan to go into Makana municipality and start very slowly building trust in communities, very slowly starting having impact. Yes, it was, it's been quite an interesting uh, journey. Uh, we initially went into Makana as part of a, a national contract which we had won to help with revenue and finance, but it, 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 it became very evident very soon that uh, that type of technical support wasn't really going to uh, um, produce any long-term uh, impact uh, for communities. And so we, we thought we had to sort of revisit how we support municipalities and come up with more innovative ways and create models that can be duplicated of how we can uh, support municipalities and have greater impact on communities. Paul, and, I'm interested. Uh, yeah. I'm interested in in your entry. So somebody decided that there there is you know we need some help, and then you were asked to come in. I'm interested in 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 that very initial stage when you arrive and you're coming essentially in a space where things have been corrupt, things have have not worked out. That hostility, or was there no hostility? Well, we were quite fortunate because when we arrived in Makana, they, they were under administration mm-hmm. and uh, um, they were on the verge of appointing a new senior management and appointing a permanent mayor. And I think those two key positions uh, really helped because it was those two guys who, who didn't really own the legacy yeah, okay. uh, that could be part of the solution. Okay. And so there wasn't much hostility when we arrived. Which which is important because I want to point to the buy-in, to, to the buy-in in, in, in the sense that you have to get buy-in from, from everybody to get things to work. So the public sector and the private sector, those participation and, and those partnerships, if, if the one is not quite willing to work with the other, it's not going to work. A hundred percent. 
And so we started the buy-in with the municipality. Mm. Are they willing to, to change the way they think about things, change the way they want to do things, and all for the interest of the community? Now, once they had agreed to that, we, we signed an agreement with them, uh, an MOU. Um, it was an agreement that, uh, that they would participate in the process because Kishisa Trust was funding this work. Mm. And uh, in order to produce this model that we could extrapolate to other municipalities with similar problems throughout the country, and then after that, we then proceeded to get buy-in from civil society. And, uh, and you know, uh, Makana um, has a history of very active uh, civil society. Mm. And uh, you've seen it in the, in the press lately where people are, are very vocal about the, uh, what's happening in their town. But most importantly for us, that people were quite passionate to, the, to, to building prosperity for their town for all. Mm. And uh, that really led to the broader conversation about... Uh, 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 state of the uh, Tell me about some of the things that you discovered. I mean, I know that one of the things that you say is that, you know, no one place is like the other. So every single uh, municipality would need its own solution. But I also am interested in, in some of the things that you discovered about wh- why is it that some of the things that you were implementing were not trickling down to, to people feeling the effects of the change? Well, I think, you know, we're in a, in a time now... Uh, and I think it hasn't been, it, it, it's always been the case, but we sort of uh, realize more now that, you know, technical support um, without uh, people's buy-in and will to change really doesn't make much uh, sustainable change in any institution. So the, the cultural value or the, or the culture of any organization is really determined by the people mm-hmm. and their attitudes and their commitment. So... I think uh, when we chatted to the municipality and when we started chatting to civil society, as you said early on, if they weren't both uh, relatively committed to this process, I think we would have decided then to maybe move on and find somebody or another municipality that all the parties were committed. Mm -hmm. But fortunately enough, in this case here, people were committed. But the technical type support uh, uh, is only relevant when people are ready to absorb that type of support. So from a cohesive perspective, we, we're more into a solutions-orientated uh, type of support where we can help people take the next step forward. And then when people are ready for technical support, then start introducing it. How um, big was the deficit trust um, in the municipality with regards to the actual municipality uh, managers themselves and the people on the ground? Well, at the same time as we... Um, um, started the work on, on this new approach to local government support. Um, some, uh, certain members of, or certain groups of civil society had already lodged papers to dissolve the municipality. So the, the, the relationship was pretty tested. And, we, you know, unfortunately in our society now, and I think COVID-19 has highlighted that, is that uh, it's, it, there's two ways you can participate. You either can be a part of the problem or you can be part of the solution. And, uh, and and it's easy to to um, um, be negative and and to throw stones at, at at people who should be doing their work. But I think it's, it becomes really a lot more difficult to get involved and become part of the solution. And we just thought that uh, if we could get civil society and, and and local government to collaborate, so first of all own all the issues collectively, and then co-create solutions then I think we could take the next step forward and look at what that means in terms of uh, technical support.
Paul, you've also recently taken on things like the feeding schemes and stuff, and, and you've collaborated with the, the Sasa, um, uh, um, Sasa and, and other stakeholders as well in making all of these things sort of come to life. And, and I'm, I'm interested in what it is that you found was the problem in the first place. So why is it that it just doesn't seem to be trickling down? Why is there so much failure in others? And I'm not saying point out anybody, but I'm saying but by, by, the, by the mere fact that you went in and, and assisted and, and started delivering things like food parcels, what is it that, what's the breakdown? Where's the problem? Well, I suppose we were, we were lucky in Makana because the, uh, what the, the civil society uh, or stakeholder co- uh, cohesion group was called the Makana Circle of Unity, and that had had already formed. So there was some group of there was a group of interested and motivated people that would assist in this process. So that was a, a great start, and I think there's a lesson we can learn from that. So if we organise ourselves better, we will be better prepared to take on these challenges. The second uh, real important issue was, uh, and related directly to food security, was that uh, the availability of accurate data. So if we're going to deli- if you under the lockdown conditions, without a- allowing people to congregate to collect food, it was quite difficult to deliver parcels because, first of all, there was no list on who was vulnerable. The next list is we couldn't contact those who we thought were vulnerable. And the third problem was, and even if you knew uh, where pe- uh, who was vulnerable and how to contact them, it was quite difficult to find how to locate them. So data became a really important issue. And moving forward, I would urge every municipality to make sure that their customer data and digit registers and other data is in order so that when classes like these arrive, the um, communities are better prepared to, to tackle this uh, effectively. Let's just take the calls, 891 I'm also going to take the WhatsApps on 614 It's an interesting model. So Kakiso uh, Trust went into Makana a municipality and they were trying to, I suppose, start fixing the municipality. They've come across some really interesting data. Uh, they're doing interesting things. It's starting to yield results. I'd like your comment on, on your problems in your municipality and where do you think uh, you would need assistance, for, in, for instance, as a community member. All that information is very vital for people who are working in, in, in governance. 891 104 207. Hi, uh, talking about corruption, it, it is said that the country will be receiving a loan of about 70 billion rents while we are currently sitting with corruption cases with, with uh, reference to the 500 billion rents that was put for the COVID-19 relief fund. What worries me is that what are we going to pay back this loan with? We have other loans that have been incurred by uh, our, our government, you know, and the sad part is that they, they hardly disclose, um, you know, any records, you know, to show where are we with, with, with repaying the debts that we incur. Kahiso Trust's Paul Smith is with us and we're discussing a, a very different, uh, interesting model that they are applying at the moment in Makana Municipality. And uh, we're just sharing some ideas on how we can get all of us to be a part of a better a better governed um, South Africa, particularly local government. Uh, Paul, do you want to respond to that voice note that came through? Sure, I'm not really in a position to respond uh, to, respond to that. Um, you know, and... I mean, it's a really difficult thing because uh, uh, there is a lot of corruption around. And uh, but uh, from a, just from a local municipality perspective, I think you know if you get more 
community involvement in the governance uh, structures of the municipality, I think, is a way that people can hold each other accountable. Because what we did find in Makana is now that, that really everybody wants the same outcome. And there's, very few, there's a couple of people that uh, uh, may try and interfere in that process. But in, uh, overall, most people want the same thing, which is prosperity for all their communities. So the more people we get involved in this process, the more likely we are to hold people accountable. I was actually going to ask you, Paul, that predominantly, and, and of course there will always be bad apples, but predominantly was it an issue of incompetence or was it generally that people were really looting? So what did you find when, when you got into the books um, of the municipality? Well, um we we weren't really looking for for corruption mm. um, per se. We were looking at improving revenue yeah. and uh, debt management, and so that process was more focused on the on the technical process associated with data management, data cleaning, and and revenue collection. Um, but the municipality has been through a number of years with uh, without uh, 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 consistent uh, governance in place, mm. and this has led to some problems. Yeah. And uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, I can't really uh, yeah. comment on any corrupt issues. All that I all that I know is that uh, um, with the way things are moving, with the cohesion of uh, of stakeholders, I think there's going to be a lot more uh, uh, accountability. There's going to be people taking responsibility, and we saw that right up front with our initiative when people started talking about litter. It, it was a couple of months before. Uh, uh, the town sort of became clean, and that was a, a collaboration between non-profit organisations and and the municipality, um, cleaning the town together. So, um, you know, I think people need to realise that uh, even businesses uh, are only going to be successful in town in small towns if everybody is prosperous. And we only have to imagine what the potential will look like is that everybody has disposable income that they can spend and what that means for local business. So uh, it takes a bit of time to get people um, to, the, to the table. And, but once they're there, I think there, there's a tremendous amount of goodwill that can be leveraged uh, for a, a, a better town and uh, um, uh, more prosperous communities. Let's take those calls. As I said, I'll take your calls on 891 Let me go to John. John, good afternoon. Thank you so much for calling us. Good afternoon. I'm in Makana. Okay. Uh, and uh, as a Makana resident, I've lived with the problem now uh, for years. Mm. It's not a new one. Mm. We've been going down, declining steadily, uh, I'd say for 10 years or more. And I'm sorry to say it, and is it Ian Smith? It's Paul Smith. Paul, Paul. Mm. I'm sorry to say it, Paul, but um, we've had so many of these turnaround initiatives. Everyone starts with great fanfare and it's going to perform miracles. <clears throat> and I'm afraid to say, Paul, that you're actually propping up uh, a failed institution. And really, once there were two, there have now been two, there have been a number of judgments against the, our municipality, including holding the mayor and the municipal manager, the current mayor and the current municipal manager, who you seem to have a lot of faith in, in contempt of court for not abiding by a court decision in respect of the, the management of the dump site. <clears throat> and then we've got the judgment that the local council should be dissolved. And then the uh, leave to appeal was refused. 
And the judge commented that all those concerns should be hanging their heads in shame. Paul, really, uh, this we need to be placed under administration. We need dressed, only drastic measures uh, will will do the job at this don't, stage. Don't leave, and, Paul. Uh, you are propping, you, you really are propping up a failed institution. So let me ask you before you leave, John, in your view, what should happen? We must be placed under full administration. Mm. We previously had a half-baked administration where the uh, administrator, uh, political appointee, earned more than the president of the country was earning per month. Uh, and, uh, nothing, and it produced no results. We, we have to be placed under full administration. And that's what the court decided, having... Uh, been presented with exactly what the current situation is in Makana. Hmm. Thanks very much for and, that, John. Uh, so I, I, I applaud Kahiso for its good intentions, hmm. but really and truly, uh, especially faced with these two decisions of, of, of the court, uh, they should withdraw hmm. and, and allow an administrator to be appointed. Paul, do you want to comment on that? Can you? Yeah, I can understand. Uh, I think it was John. Hey? I can understand yes. John's uh, sentiments. And uh, I, I want to assure John that we're not trying to prop up anybody. I think at the end of the day, you know, McCann has been under administration a few times before in the last three or four years with no positive results. And, and, and I do also do respect uh, that citizens uh, have the right to, to go to the courts um, if they felt uh, they... Um, are unfairly dealt with, and I and I think that's a, a part of our our democracy, and and that's and that's uh, the right thing to do. And however, it, it, it doesn't really matter who the administration is, or who the council is, or who civil society is. If there's not if there's insufficient collaboration, there's always going to be issues. Because when it comes to local development, the municipality is purely an enabler. And service delivery and uh, is part of the enablement of uh, of local development, but the actual implementation of of uh, uh, development and projects that can create jobs and and build prosperity, those things have to be done outside of the municipality. That's not part of their mandate. So, uh, whichever way one looks at it, whoever's running the, the the politics or the administration there, whoever is involved in civil society wants to participate, unless there's greater collaboration, sustainable development is unlikely to take place. And it will happen in small pockets here and there, but it won't be a broader sustainability. So we have no emotional link to whoever's participating in the process. We feel from a model perspective that greater collaboration is better for everybody. And we're not there to support one person or the other, or one political party or the other, or one civil society organization versus the other, or one community versus the other. We're there to look at how do we build uh, an interested group of people that want to see the town become what everybody wants it to become. And that's what's really important for us. Paul, how long are you scheduled to be there for? Well, we're there for another year at least. uh, this is a really complicated uh, process, and you, you know we we think that these the types of mistrust that have been created over the last 15 years, I mean last five years or so in Makaya, or in fact it goes back to about 2012, is really tough for people to to overcome. And people on a regular basis now are still experiencing water cuts, electricity cuts, etc. And these things are 
are are hampering the 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 economy. But if we don't, and and you know, in my view, I've I've very seldom have seen administration produce a, a really positive, sustainable, positive result in municipalities because. As far as I understand it, administrators are appointed for 90 days and their job is to get a council re-elected. And, and if that's the case, in 90 days, you're going to end up with, with the same people in the administration that, they, that, they, that were there before, that were contributing to non-delivery. So I, I, I understand the, the, uh, the negativity towards this, but I think we, sometimes we've just got to park those differences and forget about this polarization and try and get people to the same uh, table and create these, these common objectives going forward. And it, it, it takes time to build those relationships and the trust that goes with it. Let me, let me pause you there, Paul, as a lot of people want to speak to you. I'm going to take that after the headlines. Let's just go to Utsi Lasaku first for the latest in headlines. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. Auswaga, uh, I'm very thankful for those people that are fixing municipal uh, uh, without uh, hearing that uh, people have been killed for fixing these things and uh, like you're saying you are uh, start uh, uh, keeping the new the, the, the good results i just say well done to those people if another municipalities can follow them then I think we'll go on, we will see our land being prosperous like our Nelson Mandela said, because when you want to fix something in the air today, those people that are there, they killed you. Thanks, man. Good afternoon, Pimelo. What Kahiso is doing, really, it's, it's, it's good. But then my question is that when they do assist these municipalities do they look at the auditor general's uh, reports and where the the pfma act has been contravened because they need to blow the whistle they can't just come and 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 sort of cover up in fact not exactly covering up so so to assist the municipalities because these people is not like the skill is not there the skill is there but is this alliance is this onion alliances because this one is connected to that one therefore you will advance your 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 promotions or your political standing is this culture this cancer that is is is, is really infesting this country so we want these people to say listen this is what is going on this is where the problems are but if there's any criminal element those people they must be prosecuted we are sick of these criminals man. and everybody's riding the the corona wave everybody's advancing themselves and they encourage us all these unions they are using kids and poor people at the moment people of south africa must wake up the moment you hear somebody saying our people you must just know that they are corrupt and you are not included there because they are poor all right
right. Um, Paul Smith is from Kakhisos Trust, and they went into Makana a Municipality earlier on in around 2018 to try and sort out um, just a debt collection and how to manage their debt. They've obviously come across some really other interesting insights, and they, 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 they're really encouraging for uh, some partnerships between communities, between the private sector, between the, 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 the municipality itself, and it seems to be working. So let me ask you, Paul, I mean, what's your take on on, on collaborating and on also bringing the Auditor General into the picture? Well, I think the, uh, you know, the Auditor General and those reports, and we've all read um, the scathing reports on, on municipal performance, and it's all over the news. And I think, uh, once again, I think it, it really boils down to um, leadership in municipalities and uh, and uh, we need leaders that are going to be uh, authentic. We need leaders that are going to be ready to collaborate. We need leaders that are going to be thought leaders in their own environment. We want uh, thought leaders that are going to be with, uh, with uh, we want leaders with integrity. And uh, so we've really got to focus on on making sure that the the right people um, get into those positions and and take up the responsibility. And when they're there, we've got to continue to protect these guys against them because. You know, uh, the municipal environment's a really tough one to function in at the moment. And, and many staff start out um, with great intentions and over time are uh, browbeaten by some of the negativity of those organisations. And somehow we've got to protect these, uh, uh, these uh, uh, people so that we, we can get um, performance at the right levels. So I think the audit, uh, the audit report in many ways uh, is an important benchmark to see how a municipality is functioning. But you must also remember um, that uh, a functional municipality is not necessarily only about focusing on the audit report, but also delivering services daily and making sure people's lives are better. And uh, so let's not be too obsessed with the audit report. It is a critical document, but uh, let's focus on the functionality and the operations of municipalities as well. When you do leave, I mean, essentially, are you confident that you'll be leaving a municipality that is able to carry on in, in the kind of a collaborative work that you've already established? That's a very interesting question, you know, because when you put the whole of people from community together and uh, you no longer, as I suppose the consulting space would, would have it, you're no longer in control of the outcome because once you've got... Uh, many groups, many people and many groups of people together who can digest information, can respond to information, have their own ideas and want to implement their own things. You lose control of the, uh, it becomes quite a complex system that, that, uh, that, uh, allows, uh, things to happen that are beyond your control. So from a cohesive perspective, I think if, if we can create uh, an environment where people are starting to talk and collaborate and work on solutions, we can comfortably step back and allow that process to organically mature and, and develop its own results. Because it's at that point that it's only the people that are involved, the people that live there, the residents, that, that either have to suffer the consequences of, ineffective, uh, uh, of an ineffective environment or reap the benefits of a prosperous environment that need to make those decisions and take it forward. So I think from a Kahisa perspective, we'll always be around to provide some form of of technical support and the Auditor General's report is, is, a, is a technical issue 
and I've, I've yet to come across a function in the municipality that people can't cope with. I think it's more about the, the will to... Um, Is it- is that then where the issue comes in with, with what John was saying? Is it that when the consultant leaves, it, there's a void? Or is that the fact that beforehand, this type of model was not was not introduced? In other words, there wasn't buy-in from everybody. There was just a consultant bringing in the solutions. Is, is that what you think could have happened? Well, you know, consultants have to can only enter municipalities through uh, procurement legislation, which means there has to be a tender document and, and you respond and then get selected. And that in its own right is, is problematic because sometimes um, we find that uh, that these tenders are issues based mm. and and any, you know and designed for anyone to prove that with the support these things work on average. Mm. But what we really need is to change the systemic issues uh, uh, in a sustainable way. And uh, and I don't think that uh, uh, any type of technical support is is what's required first. Mm. I first think that we need to get people's uh, will to, to, to collaborate and, and do the best they can when they get to work um, and uh, be uh, community-centric in their approaches. And only then, I think, the technical type of training and support will have a sustainable difference. We'll keep an eye on it. Thanks very much for, for talking to us, Paul, and thank you very much for, for making the time to avail yourself to, for this conversation. Thank you. Yes, and thanks very much for having me. And, you know, this process is still relatively new. Mm. It's got a long way to go. By no means perfect. So I would encourage people like John to join the, the setup and uh, and be part of the solution. Thank you. Paul Smith, Kahiso Trust's local government support head.